The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. I am your co-host of Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them. As always, Kyle Ranney, joined by my cousin, my co-host, my partner, my uh, all-around the brains of the operation, Mr. Gary Holt. You flatter me again. Brains of the operation. I like it. I mean, I'm the brawn, (laughs) and I think we share the beauty, so that works well. I'm like a six on a good day. (laughs) <laughs> you know who's not a six? Who? J.J. Watt. No. He's a $31 million, apparently. Um, we'll, we'll cut right into it, guys. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy Beast and Where to Find Them. Uh, this week, we are going to break down some news for you, but also cover the wide receivers in this week or in this year's draft, and boy, are there a lot of them. A ton of them, and not too much variety of different style of player, but definitely a lot of talent to watch. For this year's draft class. Um, but before we get really into it, here are uh, here here's some of the news this week. JJ Watt finally ends Watt Watch. Uh, signs with the contender Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> the eight and eight contender. Uh, two years, thirty one million dollars. I think a lot of fan base out there are kind of sighing a breath of relief. Knowing that they don't have a fifteen and a half million dollar JJ Watt contract on the books, yeah, I'm I'm cool with not giving up the Hope Diamond for one player. Yeah, um, but also in related JJ Watt news, JJ Watt does not own a Peloton. In case anybody ever needed to know that, uh, the rumor out there today was he updated his Peloton bio with three teams left, to which he then disputed and said, "I don't even own a Peloton. I don't own a Peloton either." <laughs> Gary doesn't own a Peloton. <coughs> J.J. Watt doesn't own a Peloton. Um, I, I'm lacking serotonin. Got it. Um, moving on, the Washington football team is moving on from Alex Smith. I was just talking to you a, <coughs> excuse me, a minute ago. I would take Alex Smith as a backup, but I, at this point I don't think he's a starter. He's going to want a starting job. but I've heard rumors of him to Chicago, which they can't get much worse. So uh, that might actually make some sense there. Can't get much worse, but why not make a trade or draft a rookie instead of taking... Well, I mean, they could always draft a rookie in Kyle Trask. Yeah, I mean, you could grab a guy like that. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't see the point in taking on a quarterback of that age. Hey, man, he's 36 or something, and he still wants to play. So I guess we'll see where that goes in the coming weeks. But the 49ers might be waving the white flag. On uh, Jimmy G, they've called today to Carolina regarding Teddy Bridgewater. Hey, did you see the uh, the excuse on that? Oh, yeah, we wanted a competent backup in case uh, the 49ers have to deal with an injury from Broadway. Yeah, fair warning. Get out of here. You're not trading for Teddy Bridgewater's backup. Yeah. That's uh, not something you would do, especially... Not at that cap hit. He didn't have that bad of a year. Uh, he got benched towards the back half for P.J. Walker, but... I don't know if that was a benching or if that came down to the 
him being banged up. I think a little bit of both, but I would you would think Bridgewater still a bridge quarterback. <laughs> I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of bridge quarterbacks, does New Orleans need one, or are they going back to the old man one more years? Drew Brees might not be retiring now. Apparently, there's videos of him just working out and like an absolute good. unit. But um, you would probably want to try to figure something out because he's going to retire within eventually within the next two to three. Seasons. If not this year, next year. Yeah. So I think they should figure something out at quarterback. For fantasy owners, uh, I personally have him in a league that's a dynasty league. Uh, Josh Gordon has find or has signed with the Fans Choice Football League, whatever whatever it is, Marshawn's league, um, under the same ownership as Johnny Manziel. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, I've watched some of the gameplay, and it looks fun, but it's not traditional football. So, I mean, you got to think. It's gonna be. You, you gotta wonder if he's just doing this just to get himself in gameplay, a game shape. If he thinks he can get back into the league, if he thinks they're going to let him play in this league I again, I cannot see him play in the league again. That guy has had chance after chance, and I think at this point it's type of the thing where it's like I still want to play, so I'll play any kind of football I can, whether it's flag football or not. Man, I mean, I love me some Josh Gordon, and I hope he can figure it out. But it's starting to look like it's uh, the twilight of his career. Um, Cleveland Browns, for defensive special teams news, are reportedly in on Matt Milano and Levante David, both the top linebackers on the market this year. They're going to be in on everybody this year. Yeah, they're going to try to make one big break, and if they can't, they can't. Um, I was talking to you about it. I can see Milano signing there, but I cannot see Levante David signing there. I think the, uh, the Bucks are going to try to keep everybody and anybody they can. Well, they said they're going to extend Tom Brady mm-hmm. to try to help drop the cap hit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Cleveland, you said they're going to sign everybody. They're not apparently going to sign Rashard Higgins, wide receiver. He's been waiting for a call and has not heard anything yet. He'd like to resign there. He'd like to resign, but is he, at this point, it's like... I mean, he was capable after OBJ left. He put a string of games together until he got hurt. The only reason I say that is because, um, like, OBJ's considered your number one, so are they going to try to, um... Give him more targets. And I mean, there have been rumors OBJ's going to get traded all offseason. There are rumors that, too, but if, if not, then he's you got to think that you want to get him more targets. So why re-sign guys who aren't going to contribute? The uh, the Houston Texans uh, have parted ways with Duke Johnson. This just in. The Houston Texans also don't want anybody in their stadium to watch the games. I don't think they want anybody in the stadium to even partake in the games for their team. Yeah, uh, That team's just abysmal. That yeah, team they, might be worse than the Buffalo Sabres of the NHL. It could be. I mean, that whole... I don't know if it's just the ownership down, but um, they're just weird. They're not competent. Um, another, what sounds like it's not big news, but it really is. I kind of forgot last year when the Giants weren't great. Um, Nate Solder opted out last year. Yeah. That's that's one of those things where um, to, to kind of figure out if Daniel Dimes maybe regressed because he was missing his left tackle, could be a big, big thing here. It could be, um, or it just could be Danny Dimes is trash. I don't necessarily think I'm jumping on the Danny Dimes is trash bandwagon. No, yet. me either. Um, I think I'm more than okay giving him one more year to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, it's like what is it? Year four? Year three. Year three. This would be year three. So he's got to take another leap to prove that he can be worth a franchise deal. And then last but not least, hopefully last and least, uh, the New England Patriots 
Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, and Donta Hightower are all opting back in for next year after also being out this past year due to the COVID pandemic. Spoiler alert, you still need a quarterback. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert, they've got some draft picks for once, so we'll figure yeah. that out, but that might be the most news we've had in a while here on an episode. Yeah. Uh, what do you say, Gary? We, we've taken care of all this. We jump into... Uh, some wide receivers here. Yeah, let's do it. We were all over the board with these guys. We'll start backwards here. Um, I we're we're gonna we're gonna do what we kind of we did last year or last week and go from the back, but we're gonna swap where we're at. With yours, are you're gonna roll a two? Um, I switched them around. Did you? Yeah. Okay, so right there. Uh, first receiver really did some tape study on here. Uh, we got Mark Marquez Stevenson out of Houston, six foot one ninety. Um, I mean, last year, his senior year, his stats were definitely down. 20 catches, 307 yards, and four touchdowns. Junior year and sophomore year prior to that, 900 and 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns each year. Uh, we watched two games, one versus Cincinnati, one versus UCF. Yep. What'd you know, Gary? So I don't know if it was because the regression was because of quarterback play, because he did not have the greatest quarterback. Uh, threw a lot of picks, it seemed, and seemed to almost throw those hospital passes. But I did notice against, at least early on in Houston, that he's a capable blocker. Um, Cincinnati. I'm sorry, against Cincinnati. Uh, that he's a capable blocker, um, but he, ha- he has that jump ball ability. There's a couple times where the quarterback threw it to him, and he has like this back shoulder jump ball ability. So that's pretty good. Um, they like to throw to him deep, even though it doesn't seem like he's that kind of receiver. He's not the burner type, it seems like. He's got lightning quick feet, yeah. I noticed, but he's he doesn't find himself downfield super fast yeah. as opposed to how fast his feet move. He does get open, um, and he's mostly a slot guy, but a lot of his catches come in traffic. Um, I noticed, too, with what you said with the catches in traffic and his jump ball ability, a lot of those are meant to make up for poor quarterback play. That jump ball that he yeah. had early in the Cincinnati game on the sidelines, the you went, well, did he just make that at six foot? Yeah. That's a val- it's a viable question. He kind of had to make that mm-hmm. to prevent it from being intercepted because that ball was poorly placed by the quarterback. Yeah, and if the quarterback like threw it a little further, he probably would have caught it in stride rather than have to come back Correct. and make um, a back shoulder catch. He also should have had three touchdowns in that game. Yeah. He had two of them wiped completely by poor decision throws from his quarterback. Uh, but I did note he does stretch the field well. The UCF game, he runs all the routes. They had him doing some goofy stuff in the into the backfield as a running back, as almost a halfback. Yep. Um, they gave him a lot of end arounds. Yes, he's real fluid with everything he does. His turns, his cuts, his change of directions, very nice. He's a little bit tougher to bring down than some of the guys we watch. At 6'1", he's a little bulkier. Um, and he was a capable blocker, like you said, but I also noticed... Even when the play's done, it's not done for him. Like he, right. He's still making the plays after, which is what you want to see out of a guy who's going to probably be a fifth, sixth-round pick. He's uh, He, he <clears throat> makes makes it happen with what he gets. Exactly. Um, but I think that'll basically cover that. Uh, I was not against him for, for how late in the game we watched him. And I thought I'm not his tape was pretty good. I just wish that we saw better quarterback plays. Agreed. So, to see more from him. Speaking of poor quarterback play... Uh, Tutu Charterius Atwell from Louisville, wide receiver number one. Uh, saw a bit of a, of a drop in production this past year at 46 catches, 625 yards, and seven touchdowns, down from 70 
1,276 and 12 touchdowns a year before. He's a mighty Mike, Gary. He's 5'9", <coughs> 165. Um, He's got a funny name. Tutu is always great. But he was really fun to watch. Yeah, um, I said I could see this guy being mocked to Green Bay. He'd be a really nice piece with Green Bay. Yeah. Um, he almost reminds me of Percy Harvin. Yeah. Really tiny, really lightning fast. He's all over the field and he lines up. Uh, I believe this is another one of those guys where you alluded to prior. There's a lot of slot receivers in this draft. Yeah, a ton of slot receivers. I think it's like 80% slot receivers that we watched. And he, he was one of those guys who lined solely in the slot. Mm-hmm. He didn't kind of bounce all over. He runs himself open. He does. He makes himself open no matter where he is on the field. He's lightning quick. He evades the tackle well. Um, he likes to motion out of the slot. I noticed yeah. that. They, they put him in motion a ton. For being a small frame, he hung out and took hits pretty well, too. And that was against Notre Dame, which is a bigger bigger, t- or a bigger matchup. Um, he'll make the catch in tight space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees a lot of targets, too. Yes. Targeted a lot, and if the ball's in his hands in space, he's going to pick up chunks. Yep. He doesn't just... Pick it up, hit the ground, and okay, I got seven. No, if he's if he gets it at the seven, he's trying to turn it to twenty-seven. I would only say one of his one of his like knocks on him, and it's not really that big of a deal because he's tiny. Is like against a better team like Notre Dame, who's all over the field, flying all over on defense. Um, when he's wrapped up, he's going down. He's not going to be breaking well, too many. Tackles. Yes, and that's the thing. I think he's one of those guys that he's he's not going to be your feature of your offense. He's I. I He's got a chance, um, I almost don't want to call him this, I feel like it's a, a backhanded insult, but he's almost like a poor man's Nicole Hardman. Yeah. Um, he, he seemed to be lightning fast, He's he's got the ability to stretch the field, but he's not probably going to be your number one or number two guy. Yeah, he'll be a rotational guy getting those um, slot re- slot receptions and um, kind of like a rotational guy. Still somebody I was very big on. Yes. Um, I think I, that'll do it on my notes. The next receiver on our board, this is a guy who's kind of bulked up huge, and I didn't get it off the tape. Uh, we got Shy Smith out of South Carolina. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of tape on him, so it was rough to get a, uh, a good read. But um, not, I mean, I wasn't too impressed with this guy. Um, he does get open, but there was, we watched him against Alabama. Um, which in itself should be a thing. I think that's the one thing where I could have probably put him a little higher on some of my lists. Yeah. You're beating Bama. And not just beating. At one point, he made a big over-the-top touchdown yeah. in double coverage. Yeah, that that was one good play out of him. I saw that he had a jump ball of, over double coverage. But then and... he also showed mental lapses throughout the game. Yeah. He never really did anything that was great, but he also had a quarterback struggling. So, for me, I think he's more glimpses of hope. Over yeah. anything that makes me think he's a guaranteed deal. I can see him being an undrafted guy just because of the fact that um, he came out of a, a school that did not have much success. You know, there's usually one or two every year where they're, they're like you're like, oh, they're definitely be like a fifth to seventh round guy who end up being one of the priority undrafteds, and he might be it. Uh, I mean, he's not particularly large at 5'10", 190. His best season in college ball was 57 catches, 633 yards and four touchdowns. Um, he was making a lot of catches in double coverage. Yeah. And that was against Bama, which, like, yeah, that's great. But he didn't appear overly fast. He, he's a willing blocker. He's not a great blocker, but he's he'll get dirty doing it. My um, argument with if you're drafting one of the like guys like this, it's like, well, I can get a better receiver um, 
at a better value, and this guy will still be there on the board, so I'm not too worried about this guy's name being there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, we can move pretty quick from that. Shai Smith, um, he's a name. Played at an okay school, but I don't think he's anybody that is necessarily jumping my radar. Very no. high. Uh, this is a guy that was a low school, pro- it's a small school product, showed a lot of flashes, sat out this past year. Sage Sherrod out of Wake Forest, 6'3", 215, uh, two years ago, 2019, which we did note would have been Jamie Newman throwing him the ball. Who, spoiler, we are also not very high No, on. but that's the point. Jamie Newman throwing him the ball, and he uses the big body to make the win. 2019, 66 catches, 1,100, or 1,001 yards and 11 touchdowns. His route running's good. He was consistently winning the battles. They lined him up all over the offense. He was all over the offense, and at one point he gave this double move. And I think, I don't know, because we've watched so many so much film, but I know I have a note here saying he made this double move. I don't know if um, Jimmy Newman. It was down the side. I know exactly. I remember because I remember you going, oh. Well, I don't know if it was a reception or not, but he has this nice little inside cut to the outside. It's really sweet. Um, and it's something he can use at the next level, especially if he's lining up. Um, on the outside, he's a little bit bigger. He's 6'3", 215. Bigger so than a lot of receivers in his class. Yeah, he's going to see probably some outside um, receptions rather than slot. So that, those really help if you're, uh, especially if you're on an island against uh, like a number two, number three corner. I will say, I notice he does not get targeted a lot. At least in the Virginia game from 2019, he didn't. And he also lacks that breakaway speed when he's throwing right. that. Um, but he always runs and finishes his routes even when he's not being thrown at. He, he pulls the cover with him mm-hmm. to take them away from where the ball's going. I put that he possibly has the potential to be better with a better quarterback. Uh, I would agree 100%. Um, he wasn't even the number one option most right. of his games. Um, and again, the issues on tape due to poor quarterback and bad line play. Yep. He does so, have jump ball ability. I'll give him yes, that. he had jump ball ability. He had the size. He was making catches and showing that he wasn't just, oh, I'm 6'3", and I'm just going to jump up and get it. He knows how to use his body to his advantage. Um, I was a fan of his tape. I think he's got the ability with how to have more more upside, but I think that the quarterback play in the bad line at Wake Forest really kind of hurts what he's coming off of here. The only thing that I'll say about this guy is... Because there's not too many guys in the draft that are bigger bodied, he might go up in in draft boards because, in the fourth or fifth yes, round instead of being maybe a sixth or seventh. Because there's a plethora of slot guys, you can say, okay, I have these next four slot guys who are similar in build and similar in skill set, but we need a bigger body receiver. Let's go with this guy before we're gonna go with the slot. Yeah. Guy. Uh, speaking of your slot guys here, uh, number one out of Indiana, Wop Fillier. Yes, you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen, Wop. W H O P W Hop, five eleven one eighty last year fifty four catches for ninety five yards and three touchdowns. Two years ago he had seventy catches one thousand and two yards and five touchdowns. Not really a touchdown guy. No, not a touchdown guy. <clears throat> he is fast. Um, and let's see what's he does make guys miss a lot. I noticed a couple times he gets the ball and gives us a little shimmy shake and gets free. Um, another deep ball slot guy. He was, he was really good at reading zone cover, though. Um, during that Wisconsin game, he was finding his way into the soft zone. I noticed a lot yeah. where he'd ease himself in, and it's just it was too appetizing for the quarterback not to throw it, yeah. who seemed to be more of a spray-and-pray quarterback. He just hawked the ball up and mm-hmm. went, hopefully he gets it. Yeah, the and then I guess the only knocks on him I have that 
Um, he had a couple ugly drops where it's like, damn, you got to catch that. I had that as well. His hands are not on his side all the time. But what's going to help him is he gets a lot of yards after catch, the yak stat. Mm-hmm. And that's huge for especially slot receivers. A lot of teams want to see guys who have the yak um, because that's you're getting an extra 10, 15 yards after a yes. catch. Yes. Um, I also had that he has very good field awareness. Versus Wisconsin, he actually had a really nice toe-tap drag in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um which is something where you, you see some of these young kids out of college and then they don't necessarily put two and two together where they are, what to do. We watched a, one of the receivers early yesterday who ran an entire route after being thrown at and completely out of the end zone. Yeah. He and, was running in in the, the out-of-bounds line. One of, the, one of the better um, D1 teams. It's not even like, oh, it was like uh, the University of... Slack. Albuquerque yeah. and New Mexico tacos. It's a team that you should be... Very disciplined. Yes. But, I mean, I did make the point that those college end zones aren't like NFL end zones where it's like, hey, there's a white line here. Don't go past it. They're like... There was an orange line. Pink and blue, pink, blue, purple. Um, he definitely lined up all over the field. His, the, when the ball was in his hands, he's going to try to create the additional yardage, like you said. Um, but yeah, nothing really, again, for being a guy who was a top 20 guy, nothing really stood out. Yeah, not not too crazy on my draft board anyway. I don't even think I have him on my list. So. No, he's not on my top 15. Um, our next guy. This guy showed some, some stuff. And he's another one of those guys that, like you said, short, slot guy, 5'9", 185, out of Ole Miss, Elijah Moore. Uh, this past season in a COVID-shortened season. 86 touch or 86 receptions. 86 touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we got a guy close. 86 receptions, 1,193 yards, and eight touchdowns. The year before, 67, 850, and six. Um, he's a quick fluid route runner. Yeah, everything he did looked nice. He he was winning jump balls at five nine, which was pretty shocking. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where it's like, um, where you throw to a, a shorter guy like that, and he makes those. So like, you're gonna be able to trust him when you throw him the ball. This is a guy though that I will say. When I watched his tape, my comparables were Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do much for you besides win you a 20 to 25 yard catch. Yeah. His receiving mm-hmm. yards average is going to be wild. He's going to do his parts, and that's really that. Yeah, I also have that he's not the best blocker. I don't know why they had him blocking at all. Um, deep ball ability, like we said, he'll put the top over the defense. Um, and they used him a lot of in a, in a lot of misdirection plays. Uh, whether it be motion and they snap the ball and he's running to the other way, or they'll motion him first and then have him stop. He's using a lot of misdirection and motion. Um, and he does have pretty good tackle-breaking ability. Um, I liked him. I think he's got a high upside. Ole Miss tends to have some good receivers come out of there, Yeah. most notably A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like what Elijah Moore brought. And our next guy... This guy who I wasn't super big on. No, another another one of those like eh. Um, saw him listed well. He's 6'2", 225. This past year, uh, sixty six catches, eight hundred seventy two yards, five touchdowns. The year before, thirty one, three seventy five, and zero touchdowns. Jamon Osbin out of Texas A and M. I don't really know how he got on this list. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, we watched it, and it was probably one of the most boring films we watched yeah, out of the receivers. Nothing flashed. He had a good solid mood or move. He was an all right blocker. He doesn't flash any special receiver ability. He was okay downfield blocking. 
but there was no real speed, nothing special about his hands, no like magic route running out of him. He did everything okay and nothing bad. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't have a lot of targets either, so he was not a feature in the offense. Um, and the only thing that I would give him is he had he had, all of his catches came from over the middle. Yeah, so an overglorified slot man at six two. Yeah, um, not really where you're going to be playing. At no that size. No, so I mean, again, it could be lack of tape on him, but Jamon Osmond for being somebody who was ranked as high as ten in some situations. I'm not seeing it. And uh, this would have been Kellen Mond throwing to him, I believe? Correct. So Correct. Oh, we also weren't that high on him. No, but we were higher on him than we were Jamie Mond. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our cats, the, the cat's going nuts. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> we, both, um, we both perked and looked like, what is that noise? Yep. Uh, the next receiver on this list, we had him as wide receiver 13, Seth Williams out of Auburn. He's a bigger-bodied receiver, 6'3", two, or 211. Um, we actually went and, and picked up tape from his Auburn game in 2019. Um, this past year, 47 catches, 760 yards, four touchdowns the year prior, 59-868. He's not afraid of car- or contact. He has quick hands. I noticed that a lot of slants, he wasn't even looking when the ball was re- yeah. released, and he would manage to get his hands up and get that ball caught and go to the races. His release off the line is pretty solid, too. Yes, and he was a capable enough blocker, but he's not, like, <sighs> he's not great at jump balls for being 6'3". There was nothing, again, that jumped off like, hey, this is special about him. No, but if you're going to be 6'3", you should be especially good at jump balls. And he was very streaky ahead. In 2019, when he had eight touchdowns, seven of those eight were in a five-game stretch, and only one was in the remaining seven games. So that's really concerning, especially if you're like, hey, uh, I'm a top receiver in the draft, so draft me. Yeah. Um, He also had quite a few drops, so... At 6'3", he should be making those jump ball plays. Um, I can see, like I said, because there's not a, a huge amount of bigger guys in the draft, him being on some draft boards higher... But the productivity issues, uh, he's definitely not on my draft board. He might get drafted third, fourth round, but I don't know if I'm going to see him as an impact player in the no. league. Um, speaking of impact, though, this guy out of a smaller school, um, personally, I really liked what he brought on his tape. Unfortunately, only really one year of tape for us. Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. He was in... I believe he's a super senior this past year. Could have been. Um, 5'9", 190. Well, no, because I believe that the three for 73 was his senior year. I think that's what he entered so back he in over. Been, he must have been a uh, fifth-year guy, like a, yes. a, a red shirt. I'm going to confirm that right now. Um, yeah, I have a lot of notes on yes. this guy. 2019, he red-shirted. Uh, he only had three catches for 73 yards. I don't know if he got injured or what happened. That's a possibility. Um, but by far his best year this past year for the Western Michigan Broncos. Yeah, and he was definitely targeted early and often. Seemed like he was one of the features in their offense. Um, I, I noted that he has good comebacks. He's got a good comeback route. Does block downfield and is very physical for being a smaller guy. Um, physical in the blocking game. Yes. He is not physical enough to go through tackles. Oh, I no. noticed that. Because he had a couple where he tried lowering his shoulders and just got bullied. No, it's just because he's smaller. But he's also a guy you might put up on your draft boards because he's He's a kick returner. He's on that special teams unit. He was all over the field. He had a couple handoffs. 
He returned kicks. He returned punts. I noted it with you, the comeback routes were very nice. He has the take off the top speed. Mm-hmm. He gets loose downfield. Um, I saw people actually compare him to John Brown of the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. That very similar style. Um, his size did cost him a couple touch- touchdowns, I thought, because there were a few plays where if he was a little bigger, he yeah. would have won those jump balls. Yeah, there was a couple jump balls where he missed or dropped because he's not huge. Um, and he's not really the best at back shoulder catches. But... They um, trusted him. Yeah, they trusted they him. They threw at him a lot. The Toledo game, I believe, was the, was the two-minute drill, and they needed, mm-hmm. to, they needed to come back and win that game, which they did. And they threw at him a ton yep. in the Toledo game in the final two minutes. And he's another yards-after-catch guy. Yes. Um, he is a guy, again, with, I would say elite vision. Yes. He saw the field, and he sees it well, and he knows when to cut before the receiver or before the defender's even thinking the cut's coming, and he's just standing. He's running by guys standing still. Yep. He was another guy that you, that was used in jet sweeps uh, against Ball State, I think it was. I have yes. against Ball State. Um, makes guys miss. Um, he's a he's over the top. He's, they're going to burn you deep with him. Um, and then he's got another one of those uh, capabilities of using that double move. Um, same thing against Ball State where he gave that it a little inside or outside shake and then and then cuts and it's, you get free. It's it's one of those nice little things that you can use as a receiver that if you use it correctly, it's a very deadly move. Yeah, uh, it's a guy who I don't necessarily know if, if I'm going to say he's going to be the most dominant player in the league. No, but... But I like what he brings to the table and I think he's going to be a productive pro player. And especially having special teams ability. Yes. Um... I, we've seen in the past for a, a kick returner who could also be a receiver is very strong. Mm-hmm. This guy, this is a guy I think that's going to fit your build right here, Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, six foot four, two fifteen. Nico Collins out of Michigan, and Michigan's been a bit of a train wreck, and that might have only actually hurt him in terms of what he was available to do. But this past season, thirty-seven catches, seven hundred twenty-nine yards, seven touchdowns. The year before, thirty-eight. 632 and six touchdowns. So very similar um, production. Production. Um, six, seven touchdowns. Not not really a yards catches guy, but he's going to get you those red zone touchdowns. Well, this past year, he had one less catch and 100 more yards. Yeah. So his, his yard per catch average went up drastically this past year. Um, I had that he's not super fast, but he uses his body's body yeah. to win a lot. I put that he's physical with his route running. He definitely didn't benefit, benefit from quarterback play. I noticed he is a bit sluggish offline. Yeah, not well. I think that's a, another reason um, he's not very fast. He's got that sluggish release, but I think that's because he's six foot four. He he had a couple off the line where he looked like a strong blocker, but then mm-hmm. further downfield, he's he looked a little confused yeah. as a downfield blocker. If that makes sense, I put that there was poor poor QB play, but um. You mean the many times he was running wide open and not targeted? Yeah, but then when he gets throws, and if it's anywhere near him, he's going to draw the P.I. penalty. Yes, he was able to do that early and often. He's got the size, so obviously people are going to try to cover him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he had some really nice plays throughout this, the game that we watched versus Wisconsin. It was not an easy team to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some senior bowl tape on him, too, that we watched, and... Uh, He's got a nice corner route that he runs. Yes. And then uh, the couple, there was like three or four plays where he has that toe drag swag. So those are really going to help him at the next level, especially because he's he is those type, that type of player that can win the jump ball on a back shoulder. 
So um, six for four, two fifteen. Going to jump up on draft boards. Because, I'm intrigued by him. Yeah, I what think he's going to be a good red zone. Throw. What we noticed as well in the 2019 tape, um, he would have been fighting Donovan Peoples Jones yeah. for targets. So that also could have been a bit of a factor if Minnesota wanted or Michigan wanted to go directly through what should have been their number one de facto target. Um, but I like some Nico Collins. Yeah, um, I think he's probably the number one or number two big-bodied receiver out of this draft, I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't argue that at all. Um, our next wide receiver, he was wide receiver number seven on the list. Uh, out of Purdue, another tiny-bodied wide receiver. A little alarming that he had zero touchdowns this year. Yeah, But I believe bit. he... I didn't confirm if he got hurt last year, but he he left the team this year. Yeah, I don't know if it was because of the um, COVID or what yeah. it was. Uh, five foot nine, one eighty. Rondell Moore out of Purdue. He's very much so a gadget type player. Yeah, gadget type player. And I think on your sheet there, it does says he had, did say he had thirty five catches. Thirty five catches for two hundred and seventy yards. That was it. Okay, that was uh, when we looked this up. Those were over four games. And he yeah. had two 12-plus reception games. So, I mean, he he had 35 catches, and compared to our last guy who had 38 in a whole season, that's not too bad, so he's going to be your PPR guy, you would think. Rondell Moore says he studies Cooper Cup to find out better ways to be a receiver. That's a nice name to watch. Yeah, definitely a nice name to watch. Um, but I, like I said, I think he's going to be that uh, tons of catches type of player. Okay, uh, correction. Rondell Moore played three games this year. That's still a lot of catches in three games. 15 catches for 166 yards against Minnesota. Seven catches for 76 against Rutgers. 13 catches for 78 against Nebraska. As and a, they lost all three games, and then he decided to leave. If you're thinking about it as a fantasy player, that's 13 points if you're in a PPR league, just from catches. And then he only played four games in 2019. Um... I had to have gotten hurt in the TCU game because he went 3-for-25 and 2-for-18 against Minnesota and then didn't play again after September. But the Vanderbilt game, he had 13 catches, 220 yards, and a touch. The Nevada game, 11-for-124 and a touch. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, his stats were pretty explosive throughout the first couple years. Yeah. I'm actually kind of excited about him just because he's that gadget-type player and is getting ton-plus catches when he plays. Um, But we just... It, 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 it's going to be nice to see him at the next level get the more than three or four games of production. He was a guy, and I don't know if this is going to make sense, he is short route DJ Moore. Yeah. DJ Moore, when I think of what he can do when he's got the ball, he can he can scorch any defense with the speed, but he's going to take it long. Mm-hmm. Nothing jump off the paper showing Rondell Moore really going deep. No. But when the ball got to his hands, good luck taking him down. He is... Shifty. Yeah, he's shifty, but if you catch him, he's one of those guys that's going to go down because he's not very big. He's only 5'9", 180, I think he is. Um, works a lot of a lot out of the slot. Uh, not afraid of contract, contact for being a smaller guy. Um, like we said, also in the backfield, so he's a, uh, a gadget guy. Runs crisp routes. Um, easily gets free when he's in his route running. Um He's got a cool spin move. There was one of these plays where he catches a the couple ball, times, and he just gives this like little shimmy shake spin move. So it's really good, and we've got very good feet. I liked him. Uh, an interesting prospect to see where he lands and what he can bring to the table. Next on our list, the other guy that I was a fan of, 
Another decreased year. Rashad Bateman, receiver out of Minnesota, 6'2", 210. He's got more of that prototypical receiver build to him. Yeah, um, pretty average size for receiver. He's not. He's like in between. He's not big, but he's not small. Yeah. Um, he. you got to figure out if he's going to play like an oversized slot guy or if he's going to play like an undersized yeah, go-get-a-guy, yes. Um, he has incredibly quick feet. His feet help him win, especially if he can tie up his, his corner by making him go one way and cutting the other. He's very capable versus the zone. He slid in the soft soft uh, spots often. His shoulder fakes and his feet are great complement tools together, I noticed. He'll he'll get his feet moving and then shoulder fake like he's like he's going one way and just tie up and, and just yep. put put a defender on skates. What I did like, I think, um, I noticed it on film early, is he has this really good ability to fake a deep route. So he'll run hard, real hard at the corner, like he's going to try to go over the top, then stop, cut back inside. And then the corner usually has to readjust and isn't as quick at um, stopping on a dime as this guy is. So it's really nice to see that that ability. I don't really know what you want to call it. Um, gets a lot of yards after catch. Elite change of direction. Yeah, elite change of direction. Um, a yards after catch guy. Um, and he fights for his yards, too. Yeah, and, and then he also sees a lot of targets, even though he has poor quarterback play. He had some nice over-the-shoulder grabs against Penn State. Um, even for being 6'2", they dispatched him all over the field. Yeah. Outside slots. Um, he really made plays without talents around him in mm-hmm. Minnesota. He wasn't a good blocker. No, not too good of a blocker. Um, has the double move ability. I think against Purdue he had a, one of the plays where he gives another shimmy shake. And one of your favorite things about him, he um, was pretty scrappy. Yeah, there's a lot of after-the-play action. He almost or, got in a fight a couple times. And <clears throat> it's not something you really want to see, but it's also something you could say, hey, this guy's got a little bit of a swagger to him. He's got some chip on his shoulder. As long as he's not getting kicked out of games. And Let's causing, be fair. If, if he's... If he's Anthony Miller in the in the NFC playoff scenario, you don't want to see it. If if he's a guy like um, if he's a guy like Steve Smith yeah, or or DeAndre Hopkins, I think you're fine with it. Yeah. So a little swagger to him, I like it. Um, our second to last receiver for today's episode, one of your favorites in the draft, right here. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely high on him. I, I kind of forget how undersized he is. 5'10", 182, out of Alabama. Jalen Waddle, number 17, he got banged up throughout the year. He actually missed quite a bit of time. But when he was in, man, he was on. He's explosive. Um, I think he's one of those guys that probably would have gotten even more targets if he didn't play for uh, Alabama, who's got like 30 first-round talents on their offense. Um. I really liked him. I think he's got a higher upside than um, the other guy that we're going to talk about next episode. Or maybe it's this episode. It's next episode. Next episode. Um, I think he's got a little bit of a higher upside because he's um, I think he's a little bit better of a route runner. Uh, and he's a sneaky route runner. And he's probably going to play out of the slot. I don't think he's going to be a... Not yeah, His size, I think he's more of a slot guy. But you got to realize he does stretch the field pretty well. He averaged 21.1 yards per catch this past year. Bama. Yeah. He, uh, they have him line up everywhere, too. Yes. He had 28 catches, 591 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, and I believe that was only in, like, six games. So, And I put, I did put in my notes, could possibly benefit from an offense with less star talent. Yes. Uh, actually, in five games he played, 
the three or the four games he played before facing Ohio State in the championship. Uh, September, October, October, October. So he didn't play a game after October. He had eight for 134 and two touches, five for 142 and a touch, six for 120, six for 121 and a touch. Yeah, that's kind of good stats. Yeah, those are really good stats, especially um, a lot of times Bama gets up early on teams and lets their backups play. Yes. So uh, if you're up 50 points and he's still getting touchdowns, it's that's a good sign. I, I think he's got a lot of upside to him. I had that he was he has electric speed as well, um, and he was kind of prolific as a slot or as a slot route runner. He was yeah. very smooth and very very tough to contain. It was, it, it was he's a very prototypical guy. Like it's what you would expect a slot guy to be at the next level. I like him, man. I like him, and he's got the jump ball too. Um, this next guy is very tough. The the tape we saw on him last year and his stats, we definitely had the benefit. He had Terrence Marshall behind him, who is a first round or possible first round talent we're going to talk about. Yep. He had Justin Jefferson ahead of him, who went first round last year. And uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And there. Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Joe Burrow, and he didn't play this year. Uh, Jamar Chase out of LSU, 6'1, 201 pounds. He is the prototypical. Number one receiver. Yeah, he's what you want in size and um, what you want in athletic ability. And I think ability. that's what's going to probably have him go number one overall as a receiver. He fights for his yards. Um, he doesn't have elite separation, but he, he knows how to use his body to control and get the catch. And, and one thing we noticed early is, like, almost every play and every team, they like to jam him. Yes. He literally faces one-on-one coverage in three of the games we watched, and they put whatever corner, I don't know if it's the rest corner or whatever, they put a corner on him, and they like to jam him off the line. Whether that's because he's got a slow release and they think they can slow him down or what, I don't know. And and the thing is, so when we're talking about these these guys who they're covering him, it's not like Joe Bob, Billy, Thumbheads covering him out, no. of, out of nowhere. There's first-round um, picks. Patrick see. Certain, who's almost certain to be a top-15 pick in this year's draft for Alabama, covered him last year. Clemson's wide receiver, or quarterback. Gary and I aren't fans of the guy. A.J. Terrell. Was 16th overall to Atlanta last year. Yeah, he was we, a first we round both pick. Laugh. Um, but like that's it. Like it's first round talent that's covering him, and he's still smoking these guys. He yeah. put up. He's winning battles. He put up three touchdowns against Clemson in the, t- in the title game that year. And uh, they they took off AJ Terrell on covering him because yep. he was roasting they him. swapped AJ Terrell and then they just started roasting AJ Terrell on the other side with uh, Justin Jefferson in the back yep. half of that game. That's a whole another story, but. Yeah, I mean, he's going to make his contested catches. My real argument with him is too often I saw him just not finishing his routes. He he looked lazy when he knew the ball wasn't going it's, to him. It's almost that – it's like that star wide receiver mentality where it's like, oh, the play's kind of away from me. I don't – I don't really feel like running to it. Yeah. And it's not exactly something you want to see out of a first-round talent, and that was a concern. I'm not saying he won't be a good pro – but it was enough for me to be like, uh, uh, do I want him at one? Do I not? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think there's a ton of talent there. And because LSU receivers tend to have success in the NFL, it's a guy that you are probably going to be okay with drafting. Um, it's not anything that I'm going to be too scared of drafting him. It just depends on where you want where you want to draft him and where you're comfortable drafting him. Listen, man, any time that you're going to look at some stats here and you're going to tell me that you've got a guy in Jamar Chase 
and I'm trying to pull his full game log last year, see exactly how many he played. Um, last, guess, go ahead. I guess one good thing I like is that if it's thrown to him, he's going to catch it. Correct. He's not. Um, the best receiver out of the whole draft is actually a tight end, where who we spoke about already, and Kyle Pitts. He's not that type of player where he's going to catch everything in his radius, but he's going to catch it if if he's open. Correct. Um, so Jamar Chase played 14 games last year, and his stat line in 14 games was 84 catches, 1,780 yards, and 20 touchdowns. Um, I mean, a little bit of quick math. That's six catches a game, 125 yards average a game, and almost one and a quarter touchdown a game. I definitely think he's a very talented receiver. It's just uh, like there's questions between him and you want you would think yes Devonta Smith Devonta 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 Smith. Um, it's almost like a one A one B type of thing. Yes, and it's what you're looking for, and that's my concern that we'll discuss on next week's episode. Um, so tune in next week. We will go through another 14 receivers and then give you guys our top 15 receivers since there's so many gosh darn talented receivers. Yeah, there's a ton. I think it's a very loaded drafted receiver this year. Gary, do you got anything you want to close it out with? We're coming to the uh, the end of our film studies. We got a couple defensive guys that we'll discuss in the coming weeks. And then we really get to change over to some free agent frenzy yeah um the, the start of free agency will start and that goes into the draft um we're also going to pay attention to the combines and try to update about all the combines pro days all of it yeah so lots of work coming our way we're getting to the tail end of all the all the grinding i would say the eight way. hour tape sessions on saturdays and sundays yeah. ain't no drinking and partying here boys we're in we're in the tape room just cruising yep But all right, guys, uh, I think it's time to close this one out. So until next time, you keep on searching for those fantasy beasts, and we'll tell you exactly where to find them. Peace out, guys.